This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Good morning and welcome to The Morning Beat as I adjust my mic and it continues breaking on me. That's how today is going to go. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. We're so glad that you're here with us. Michaela, how are you doing? Honey, I'm feeling good. You're feeling good? I'm feeling good. Yeah, I do. I feel really good, actually. I feel like I've been in a really good mood as of recently. The album mm-hmm. is done. I'm performing it live. I've also quit alcohol and sugar for three days and that's been... Don't you have a, sh- a song called Sugar and Spice? Yeah, I do, and because you told Vanessa, sugar? our producer, to add a song yesterday and to add Sugar and Spice to the playlist, so even a, though it's a Christmas song. It's a Christmas song, song and I love <laughs> and Christmas. that's my best friend. Year-round, so I was like, play the song, why not? <laughs> I want to listen to it, so I don't think she did. She probably played like Dua Lipa or something awful, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but you, but you did put in a request for Sugar and Spice the same way that your beautiful fiancé, our fiance. Yes. Requests cry love. Well, no. Okay. The, during the month of June to during show During the love. month of June. It came out last June as a pride anthem, and he fell in love with the song so much that he put it on Spotify and played it on repeat for the whole month. Angel. He was like, listen, it's really important to get her the, the spins, Angel the plays. Boy. And I was like, you're insane. So the compromise <laughs> was he would literally put on all of our <laughs> devices at home, our Amazon Alexa, our Google speaker, and he would mute them and just hit play, repeat. And your song would play a hundred times a day in our home and you'd get the credit, but my ears wouldn't have to bleed for it. So that was the the compromise. That's a great song. It's a great song. (laughs) We have a fantastic show coming up for you today. A woman gets revenge on roommates who tried to send her Venmo request for one third of a pizza. This has sparked a debate, and we're going to have that debate here on The Morning Beat. And we want you to join in with us, support yourself a cup of coffee, get ready for some conversation. Right now, so it's uh, some time for some news on The Beat. Absolutely. Let's get into it, darling. News on The Beat. As you can see, I'm stalling because I it's love... not come up on my feed. Please open up, please open up. Also, we do know there are primaries across the country yesterday that a lot of people are keeping their eyes on. Remember, what's his name? Little Cawthorn? The little boy, he starts all the problems. The freshman congressman, the Republican guy who said he went to the sex orgies and stuff like that with the Republican Party, he lost his primary. Yeah. So he will not be in uh, Congress next year. But, Sorry, uh, Bob. We're going to okay. be talking about it all in red, white, and Q a little bit later on. All right. Well, this is uh, this is interesting news. So Pride Northwest, the nonprofit group that organizes the annual Pride Parade in Portland, Oregon, has asked J.P. Morgan Chase to refrain from sponsoring its event next month pointing to concerns about past campaign contributions by the firm. 
Uh, Pride Northwest decided to reject their offer after coming across a 2021 investigation by popular information regarding the bank's PAC spending. The story said America's largest bank by assets was one of 25 corporations that collectively spent more than $10 million since 2019 to back members of Congress who are in support of anti-LGBTQ legislation. It found that Chase's PAC, PAC, is it PAC or PAC? It's a super PAC. Super PAC, great. Yeah, PAC. Contributed $275,000 to federal lawmakers who had earned a zero rating from the Human Rights Campaign, a leading LGBTQ advocacy organization. Popular information also found that Chase donated $2,500 to sponsors of anti-trans legislation in five U.S. states, including Texas and Florida. It did not name the sponsors. All right. In other news, thanks to the power of modern science, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican, recently signed a bill into law that updated the state's policy on HIV disclosure. Now it is no longer a felony, previously punishable by up to 10 years in prison, to not tell someone your HIV status before sexual activity. The bill SB 164 was first introduced by Republican State Senator Chuck Hufstedt. Stetler in the Senate and was supported in the House by Republican Representative Sharon Cooper. According to Georgia Equality, the legislation had received almost unanimous support in both chambers. I don't know how I feel about that. Go off, Sharon Cooper. Wait, but am I understanding this right? That it was once a felony if you did not disclose your HIV status, but now it's not. So you don't have to tell your partner or whoever you're sleeping with that you are HIV positive? Well, here's what, here's how I hear it, and I hear that how that could sound problematic. How I hear it is that we know so much more now than we knew five years ago or ten years ago, and if you are taking care of it and living a full life and you're not transmittable and all of these things are happening, I don't think that people should have to tell everyone their HIV status all the time any more than I have to, I don't know, reveal uh, if I have herpes or if I have, because it's become so manageable. So I can understand why there could be a change. Um, I think we're so used to decades of feeling like absolutely you need to tell everybody your 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 HIV status because it's a death sentence and you could kill them, right? And that's not what HIV is anymore. It's super super treatable. Um, so yeah, are we evolving on that? Maybe I don't I don't know exactly how I feel about it. But I'm I don't just trying know. To think, I'm just trying to think of wrap my brain around what that might mean. What but if we're trying like. to take shame away from the stigma then you should be absolutely able to say to your partner, hey, babe, I've tested HIV positive or I've been diagnosed HIV, but it's totally manageable. Sure. The same way that I have like PCOS, like it's manageable. Lisa, well, let I me think, tell you. I think able to tell that to your partner is one thing. That's fine. Absolutely. I, I a thousand percent agree with you. I think being forced to legally tell people every sexual partner, I think that's a different conversation. So yeah, maybe we bring on an expert and talk about this and the, the thought process yeah, behind it. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into other 100 in Vegas, 102 in Palm Springs, 94 in Houston, 87 in Miami, 74 in San Francisco, 102 in Cathedral City, 97 in Dallas, and a high of 74 in Boston. I also will say on that note, I'm not going to say that this is for everybody, but for me, you know, I'm about to marry my partner after 10 years together, and we did not have sex together until... Uh, his one of his one of his gifts to me and my gift back to him in return. We shared the story on our social media once. Were uh, HIV tests. We went and got a full workup of STI tests, including HIV, and he actually wrapped it in the box and gave it to me to let me know. He's like, okay, he's like, I'm ready to take this next step in our relationship and to start All doing right. this. So like, I'm not saying that works for everybody, but 
if 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 you do want to get into a situation with somebody, I think it's a conversation that adults can have. I just don't know if I think everybody should be forced to have it. That's all. Uh, here is your vibe of the day. We learn wisdom from failure much more than from success. So if you failed at something recently, pat yourself on the back and keep moving. Keep it moving, honey. It's all right. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. When I think about the things I'm most grateful for in life, uh, one of the things that I am currently absolutely 100% unequivocally most grateful for is the fact that never again, God willing, will I ever have a roommate. I had roommates for so many years. The city's expensive. Uh, This industry is difficult to maintain, you know, work. And yeah. so sometimes you need somebody to take over Listen, that extra room. I'm very grateful to be in a partnership with Lisa because I would have a roommate at 34 years old living in L.A. A thousand percent. At the beginning of the pandemic, we had a roommate. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a just a like a month. We we're like, okay, we have an extra room. We'll rent it to this person for a month because they were put in contact with us and we trusted her. Right. She works in the industry. Great. Uh turned out to be like three or four months because she was supposed to be it was like she was supposed to stay there for a minute and then her friend was moving from paris to move in with her and then the pandemic happened so her friend couldn't leave paris so she stayed with us for a few months that was the last time we had a roommate i was like i'm done i'm over it because of petty stories like this this woman's tiktok her name is asa uh she's put a tiktok video up that has almost four million views and here's the crux of it she lives with a couple of roommates and they sent her a Venmo request for one-third of a pizza that they offered to her that she ate. That she ate in January. No. They just now sent her the request. What on earth were they thinking? Because, okay, who holds on to that, first of all? So here's where she's gone viral, though. She tells this bit of a story, and then the video on TikTok is her going through their apartment and taking everything that she owns and putting it in her room so they can't use it. She goes, okay, that's cool. You want a third of the pizza that we ate months ago? Never use my fancy pots and pans again or eat any of my food ever again or use my fancy hand soaps. I'm taking them all and putting them in my room. But how much are we even talking here? Like five bucks? Yeah, what's a pizza cost nowadays? Like a three that you offered and then from January? Like, listen, I would say, girl, just move out. But I understand that it's expensive. Yeah. Maybe you're still contracted with your lease. I would. I love the her response. I, I would it, be that petty too. I would take everything and be like, you don't need to use my stuff. I used to really struggle with this because years and years ago, my younger sister lived with me and she would make little comments about things sometimes about money and i was like girl first and foremost you make a lot of money she used to she used to be like a cocktail server like illegal poker games yeah you know you know that you get totally uh hollywood celebrities a lot of names that you all know she would go work they pay her a couple grand to walk around and serve them drinks and little like soup plates of sushi yeah and that's what she would do for a living she make good money and occasionally give somebody a shoulder massage that's neither here nor there she says that's all that ever happened. I don't, I don't want to know. Shut up, right? AJ. So <laughs> I believe her. But uh, she would make all this money, and I would go break my back at a nightclub in West Hollywood for hours every weekend, and I would make a couple hundred bucks, right? And then she'd come home like, oh, I only made 1500 tonight. And I'm like, you left for work after I did, and you're home before I got home. Yeah. What's going on? Uh-huh. And then she'd have the audacity to talk about bills and payments and who paid for what and i'd be like okay do you know how toilet paper paper towels soap do you know how those things get in our home i buy them 
I never charge you for any yeah. of them. And I think that's a lot of roommate situations, whether you're related I, to I'll them or admit, not. I'll admit, Lisa shoulders that completely. I, I usually like, do. I, I don't. Yeah. If there's toilet paper there, I'm like. You know what my you. partner does? How he catches up? He he. Well, he orders things off Amazon that he wants, so he'll get like a three hundred dollar air purifier. I'm like, okay, thanks. I'm not paying you for half of that. You bought it on your yeah, own. Yeah, right. Or he'll put like fifty dollars on the laundry card because we have to use a shared laundry. Like we're in a building that has laundry that's shared. Yeah. And so he'll put like money on the laundry card because I pay for the detergent and everything, so that I, I can get down with that. I'm okay. But the pettiness of what's the most petty thing that has ever happened to you in a situation with a roommate? Do you remember having a bad roommate situation over the years? Yeah, I do. I'm trying to think of the pettiest thing I ever did with a roommate. I had roommates one time who threw away all my furniture. Oh, my God. I was supposed God. to be there by, like, noon on a Saturday, and I was, like, 23 or 22 at the time, and I was, like, a disaster, and I didn't get there in time, and all my furniture was outside in a dumpster. Um, <laughs> that okay. was not good. I got the furniture out. I, I don't remember. I think the pettiest thing that was done... The pettiest thing that I ever did. I'm not really petty, though. Like, I just won't do what I don't want to do. Or, like, what was annoying to you about living with somebody? Like, what stands out to you? When you think about living with somebody, like, what what, what do you not miss at all? I've only had one roommate, and her name was Melody. Wait, one? And she I was didn't know that a, about you. Uh-huh, I've always lived by myself um, or with a partner, but I, uh, and I loved living alone. I love Lisa also, too. Um, but <laughs> Melody was a lesbian, which I should have known by that point. But she was, like, super in love with me, and I didn't know. And I wasn't, like, into her. Oh, yeah. And so she would do these very passive-aggressive things when I would leave for dates. And then I started dating this guy who I ended up being with for a couple of years. And so she would refuse to clean up so that I could invite him over. So, yeah. which is kind of iconic. Kind of. Because she like, wanted okay. you. Yeah. And then she would wear my clothes. Oh, and then well, that's act happened. like yeah. she didn't wear my clothes. But I was like, babe, I bought those boots and I know they're mine. So hand them over. Also, let's just recap the fact that you're a singer and you lived with a lesbian named Melody. What? That was my whole future. I didn't even know it. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. You know, if you've been paying attention at all to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, Mm -hmm. it's wild. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have an opinion, really. I think they both seem kind of wacky. Cookie. Yeah. Um, But... It does have a lot of people wondering what 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 their futures could be in Hollywood. Yeah, are they going to work again? Uh, you might have an update for us on what's popping. I do. So as we know, Johnny Depp lost his butt with uh, Amber Heard. Like he lost everything. That's why he sued her. So uh, the producers are now speaking of uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, as people, as Margot Robbie is set to take over Disney's billion-dollar franchise with a new film, and producers are saying while they have not decided yes to Johnny Depp being in Pirates of the Caribbean, it's not. It, there's enough to explore in the future. They're not saying yes. They're not saying no. You know, you just said Pirates of the Caribbean, and then you said Pirates of the Caribbean right after. I know because I didn't know which one it was, so I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna give them both. <laughs> I'm gonna give them both. I, in my brain, I always say Pirates of the Caribbean. But then when it's the cruise line, I say Royal Caribbean. Caribbean. Oh, I don't yeah, know right. I can no hear idea. that. Yeah. Well, listen, it's really intense. Producer Jerry Bruckheimer, who's steered the franchise into a multi-billion dollar earner for Disney with Johnny Depp at the center, recently did address the controversial actor's future. He said, uh, not at this point, the future is yet to be decided. 
uh, they did instead go into talks with Mar- with Margot Robbie. However, if it's proven that Johnny Depp really was not as abusive as Amber Heard said, should he have to pay and lose that franchise? I, listen, regardless, he's made more money than any of us will ever make in our lives. Yes. At one point, he was making like $75 million per movie for Pirates of the Caribbean because he would get like a $20, $25 million deal plus points, uh, meaning that he would get a percentage of the cut from the box office and merchandising. So this guy would make probably well over $75 million each movie when all is said and done. So if he never does another one again, he's fine. Um, Jack Sparrow is iconic. Yeah. I dressed up as Jack Sparrow bartending in West Hollywood five years in a row. You and everybody else. I look good in eyeliner. But I will tell you, by the end of that run, my my dreads that I wore that looked like his smelled so bad because of all the stale beer and everything else spilled yoy, in them. Yoy, yoy. Um but yeah, I don't care if he ever plays this character again. Margot Robbie seems like a safe choice. She literally just played Barbie. Like, she's... Find somebody new. Yeah. I don't know. Man. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. I will say, if he's not found to be guilty, I think he should have the franchise back. Not because of the money that can sure. be made, but the nostalgia. And because he he earned it. He built that company. And also he just, built that franchise. Just something to like think about. If we're talking about the Caribbean or the Caribbean, whatever... Why are the main actors always white actors? Yeah. Like, why Johnny and Margot? Yeah. Like, throw like throw somebody else in there. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I can see that. Somebody who actually lives in the Caribbean? Yeah. Oh, that, or or oh, might, like, look whoa. like somebody who lives in the Caribbean? Like, whoa, just not, a thought. Not casting lead with somebody who might have lived in the Caribbean. Caribbean. Just, just a thought. <laughs> Caribbeaner. Points have made. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show coming up this hour in about 15 minutes. It's uh, Red, White, and Q, the Trump effect. How successful were his endorsements in the primaries that took place across the country yesterday? We've got our political commentator, Richard Fowler, joining us uh, to talk about races in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Kentucky, and elsewhere. Um, Also, big update on one major uh, primary yesterday that involved a very problematic Republican 
congressman mm-hmm. um, who talks of sex orgies and cocaine often. You might know who I'm talking about. We're talking about him as well coming up this hour on the show. Also, uh, we're doing a two-parter. We're talking to uh, a writer and editor for uh, from On Parenting talking about this baby formula shortage because it very much is a political issue. You know, Joe Biden and his administration just took some action uh, yesterday. And we're talking about that as well in Red, White, and Q. So it's yes. a great hour coming up. Uh, right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat from Michaela. All right, babe. Well, yesterday, President Joe Biden issued a statement for the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. The president specifically told the community that my administration sees you and that they stand with you as the community faces ongoing attacks from Republican politicians and far-right activists in the America in, Amer- in the American. That's literally how it says. I did not... Mess that up. You think maybe your brain could switch it around a little bit? Let's try it again. In America. In America. There it is. We join with Americans <laughs> across the country to reaffirm our commitment to the ongoing work of upholding human dignity for all people and advancing equality globally, the statement reads. And make no mistake, hateful legislative attacks against members of our own LGBTQIA plus community cannot be tolerated in America or anywhere else. They spur discrimination and can stoke violence, and they are rooted in the same ignorance and intolerance that we see around the world. Hate is hate, and all of us have a responsibility to speak out against Tate wherever we find it. All right, another news Republican U.S. Senator got booed at a graduation ceremony when she decided to use her speech to attack transgender people. Take a listen. Even fundamental scientific truths, such as the existence of two sexes, male and female, are subject to challenge these days. You know, I... I And I challenge those of you, I'm not making a comment on the fact that there are people who transition between sexes. That's awkward. Uh, Those comments came during a section of her speech that was just a list of political grievances, including complaints about COVID-19, pandemic measures, and the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, which has been the subject of right-wing conspiracy theories. I love that the American people are booing. Yes, boo, boo, boo. Love boo. it. Good, enough. Feel uncomfortable. Stand up there if you want to make those Listen, weird You're not things. going to be some old conservative senator going into a university. I don't care what state you're in. I don't care if you are in Wyoming or Montana or wherever they were. Um, and say these sorts of things. And not think that you're not deeply, negatively impacting a large number of people in that room. Yep. Young people, they don't care. Why would they? Why would they? The economy is just in the crapper. Inflation's through the roof. There are no jobs for young people. Yep. What do they have to lose? They're going to speak up and fight for a different America. Because if we keep going down this path, you know what I mean? Like, we're not... We are not who we once were. We're not who we need to be. We can do better. Totally. And I think that's them booing is kind of saying that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 74 in Boston, 96 in Dallas, 101 in La Quinta, 65 in Cleveland, 90 in Atlanta, 88 in Miami, 94 in Houston, 100 in Vegas, 74 in LA, and 74 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. We learn wisdom from failure much more than from success. Listen, if everything's always going right for you, you're not learning a thing. So then when challenges come, what do you do? Yeah. You don't have any 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 experiences to pull from. So 
based on that knowledge, uh, Michaela, you and I, we should be so, like, we should be smooth sailing from here on out. Absolutely. We failed a lot. Yeah. And we love it. Yeah, we love failing. Well, okay. All right. Wait. This is, a, this this is pretty a, cool. This is a winning situation. This is a winning situation, yes. actually, because yes. we're just, what, a day away? Tomorrow yes. night at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. It's our second annual Divas in the Desert, presented by Channel Q. We've got Taylor Dane performing Tell It to My Heart, amongst her other great hits. Uh, Michaela Gordon will also be performing music from her upcoming album, Vivian, uh, in honor of her late great-grandmother, Vivian Cavaricci. Also, Vivian Cavaricci. They're both going to be joined by Rosemary Galore and Friends. They're going to be doing drag numbers throughout the night. Michaela and Taylor might even do a duet together that's, what, 15, 16, 17 yes. years in the making? Yes, is it crazy? You'll find out if you're there. It's all taking place at 7 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa just outside of Palm Springs. Uh, tickets are available at wearechannelq.com. They go to a great cause, the Desert AIDS Project and Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Or, or, right now... You could win your way in. We're taking caller number five. Our producer, Vanessa, is on standby. Call in now to win tickets to Divas in the Desert. Have a good good old night out, a little kiki with your friends tomorrow night. Uh, call in to 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-772-2557. Caller number five. Amen, baby. Let's go. All right, coming up is Trump's hold over the Republican Party uh, waning. A political expert joins us for... Red, White, and Q next to break down yesterday's primary results. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I am American, American, American. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. Uh, major primaries across the nation yesterday. Some of them still being sorted out. Uh, specifically, the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, the Republican primary for uh, state senator or for or Senate there is still... Uh, being tabulated right now. And we're joined now by our political expert, Richard Fowler, uh, to talk about that. Richard, uh, first and foremost, how are you? I'm good. Happy Wednesday. Or post-election day, whatever you like more. Happy Wednesday. Happy to have you back. Um, It's really interesting looking at, you know, the results, because a lot of people are saying, is Trump still the leader of the Republican Party? Is he the kingmaker? Uh, A bit of a mixed bag for him. Uh, As we see, Madison Cawthorn, he did not win uh, his primary. Uh, He came in second, I believe. So he will not be heading back to Congress uh, at least next year. But let's let's look at Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is fascinating to me. Um, A lot of things that we thought we knew about the two parties are being sort of flipped on their heads in Pennsylvania because on one hand, we're seeing somebody like Dr. Oz, right, who historically you would think uh, two of the candidates running there, Dr. Oz, uh, he's a Hollywood guy, right? That usually means Democrat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're looking at Kathy Barnett, uh, who is a black woman. We're thinking if you just glance, you might think, oh, Democrat. But actually they're both Republicans and neither of them right now are winning. What do you expect to happen in Pennsylvania and how will this play out? Well, I think that's a good question. Uh, Listen, I I think we have to, we're still some more votes to be counted. uh, And so we'll have to wait and see. But I think the interesting part about now, if if Donald Trump was the juggernaut in the Republican Party that folks in the media sort of says that he is, then he should have an oversized impact when he decides to make an endorsement, as we saw in the governor's race in Pennsylvania, where the Trump candidate who he endorsed over the weekend won with flying colors, which almost guarantees, not guarantees, because, you know, votes have to happen, but it almost, it puts the Democrats in a situation where they could very well pick up 
the governor's mansion in Pennsylvania, so mm. much so that the Cook Report last night moved Pennsylvania from a toss-up, the governor's race, that is, from a toss-up to a lean Democrat because of the Donald Trump-endorsed candidate. Mm. Now, in the Senate race there, where you have Dr. Emerit Oz, you have the other candidate, and you have Kathy Barnett, what you see is that Kathy Barnett has taken a position to the right of the ultra-MAGA movement. Mm. And as a result of that, she's been able to siphon off some votes from Dr. Oz. And so it shows that the Republican Party is divided on, uh, on who they want to be. Do they want to be the party of Trump? Do they want to be the party of business, which is the candidate currently in the lead? Or do they want to be a party that's to the right of Trump? And we're going to have to wait to see how this primary plays out. But I do think in a world in which Merritt Oz wins the primary, and you have, well, I think his name is Master, I can't remember his, his name now, but the, the Republican nominee who won. David McCormick? Uh, the, no, not McCormick. I'm talking about the governor's race. Master, oh, okay. Master, my bad, my bad. Uh, Mastramo, I think is his name is, but excuse my mispronunciation. Um, in a world where the ticket is odd, these two Trump-backed candidates versus the sitting lieutenant governor who's running for Senate and the sitting attorney general who's running for governor, Democrats will have a good shot. Mm. Does it take away from all the headwinds that they're facing because of inflation and because of... You know, people think that they're frustrated with the lack of action in Washington. It doesn't take away from that. Mm. Um, but it makes the picture a little rosier in what is a very smelly picture. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this all just feels super intense for me. I remember when Dr. Oz was running and I was like, are we doing yet another reality star running for office? Which used to be iconic, but after Trump... Uh, running for office and and all the things he did for four years. It made everybody question what he was doing with Kathy Barnett uh, running and uh, sort of seeking backlash, trying to take Trump's approach. I always feel like we have a, a really good head start, but people are really upset, uh, in my opinion, f- with Joe Biden and because of the inflation and because of the hardships that people really are facing, yeah, even like with the lack of formula, with women's reproductive systems, do you think that that will play a part where people would normally vote for Democrat for the Democratic Party moving over to the conservative out of confusion and desperation? Uh, listen, I think if you're talking about independent voters who live in suburban communities, yes. I think if you're talking about the Democratic base, the base Democratic voter, the person who voted for Joe Biden, the person who voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, I think many of those voters are either going to sit the primary out, um, which is very possible, I mean, I think that's often the case. I think often in our politics, people assume it's a binary choice, but actually it's not. There's multiple choices. Voters can choose to sit it out. They can sit at home and say, I'm frustrated with the whole thing, and I'm not going to be involved in it at all. And I think that is the greatest risk to Democrats. What we saw Donald Trump do both in in 2016, uh, in 2016 when he beat Hillary Clinton, is he found a way to increase the margin of victory in red counties in places like Pennsylvania. So in 2012 and in 2008, a county where Barack Obama might have gotten 40% of the vote or 30% of the vote, and the Republicans got, you know, 60 or 70, or 60, 50 or 60% of the vote. We're now, those places have turned into, into sort of communities where Republicans are pulling out 80% of the vote. Right. And and running up the margin in those rural counties is what makes all the difference for the Republican Party 
That's where their base is. Well, Here smart. is a problem for Democrats. It's smart. In major urban areas, yes. in suburban areas, can they keep those voters and will those voters turn out to sort of supplant the fact that Donald Trump and his party have been able to run up the margins in rural communities? Well, you know, Richard Fowler, I just want to say on a very personal note to all of the people that think they're going to be camping out this year because they're frustrated. My therapist calls that avoidant behavior. So maybe you should look in the mirror and figure out what you're doing. Get yeah, out and vote, 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 vote. Okay. Because I know avoidant behavior very well because I used to do it, but I don't do it anymore. <laughs> She's growing in real time. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, guys, both and ladies. Thank you, always. All right, coming up, while we are forcing women to have babies, the timing feels problematic for a number of reasons, including a baby formula shortage. What do parents need to know about this? We discuss coming up next. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Good morning, B. Channel Q. I am American, American, American. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round. Another round of Red, White, and Q. Uh, one of the topics of conversation everyone is having right now, uh, and not, not to center this around two men, but... Pete and Chastin Buttigieg were just talking about this just yesterday, how as a same-sex couple, uh, they don't have a woman who can provide breast milk, as Bette Midler wants more women to do, apparently. Uh, There is a shortage, um, and what do parents need to know? We're so grateful to be joined now by a writer and editor for On Parenting, Amy Joyce. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Your article really caught our attention. The title... The baby formula shortage is the latest blow to parents in a country with little support for caregivers. Parents now can't find food for their babies. Amy, what what motivated you to write this article and what do you want your readers to know? Right. I mean, it's just hearing that out loud, even though I wrote it, is still kind of shocking and mm-hmm. incredibly upsetting. Like, how did we get here? How is it all these parents cannot get food for their babies? Or they're getting it, but it's real struggle. So... Um, I write about parenting. I, um, you know, I listen to a lot of parents and obviously this was, this started happening or I started realizing this was happening. Um, and it's just uh, a lot of distraught parents out there. You know, they already don't have paid leave in this country. They already feel like no one's paying attention to them. There are no vaccines for kids under the age of five. And now they can't get formula for their babies. It's a uh, they're all feeling pretty pretty left behind right now. It's pretty crazy. I remember when my uh, cousin-in-law had um, her baby, and we were so excited, and then it was a rough couple of months because she was not able to breastfeed for whatever reason. It just didn't work, and she was so emotional about it. I was emotional for her. It was all she wanted to do. <laughs> and so the idea right. that women just need to breastfeed more uh, is not a story that many women are able to relate to. And so as much as, you know, even for our gay couples, even for heterosexual couples, even for lesbian women, like it's not as easily able to produce, which puts us in a whole nother bracket of issues, right? It's not that common. Right. It's not that common. Um, in fact, it's just uh, one in four uh, parents can exclusively breastfeed for the first six months. So if you think about that, <laughs> Most parents need formula or at least some formula, whether it's gay parents or, you know, a single parent or, you know, parents just women can't just turn it on. It's a lot of work. And the first person I spoke with, she said she spent two and a half months trying to get enough milk to feed her baby and she just couldn't do it and finally said, okay, 
we got to do formula mm. and now this is happening. So she said twice now she's been unable to feed her child and it's just, <laughs> I, um, I just it's really rough. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, to be in a place where women's rights are being challenged. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> women's rights are being challenged. Their own autonomy is being challenged. We're forcing mm-hmm. women to have babies and then we're saying, but you can't feed your baby. It's so wild that we even have to have these conversations. And also, I'm of the thought process, and this is how I feel about queer rights as well. Because people are always like, well, I guess if it's, you know, biological and you don't have a choice, then I can kind of accept it. If you can prove that to me. I'm like, but what if it's not? What if we just choose to be queer? What if a woman just chooses not to breastfeed? What if a woman can pump all the breast milk in the world on a daily basis? It's an easy, easy process for her. Let's just paint that picture. In my mind, she should still be allowed to choose how to feed her Mm -hmm, child mm -hmm. and have access. Right. And, you know, it is not easy. It is a very difficult thing. People say it's free. It's not free. Uh, It costs a lot of money and and it's time. And if you're working, it's not just, you know, an easy possibility. You can't just, I mean, you can. And women do take breaks and go and pump their milk in the middle of the day. But there are a lot of employers who are not going to make that easy on a woman. So there are a lot of reasons women choose not to breastfeed. um, And, you know. It's, it's just a, a really difficult thing. Amy, we don't even create a safe space. How many times have we seen the memes where women are simply just trying to breastfeed their children in public, even with the blanket over, they got to do what they got to do when you get the milk. It's sort of out of desperation. Right. And we have shamed them saying how gross it is to be breastfeeding at a restaurant, at a table. I mean, women really right. do not have the opportunity. And for somebody uh, that's never been pregnant or doesn't understand, like if you're breastfeeding at the dinner table or the any in a church in a public space at all it's because it's the only time you have the chance to do it while you can still feed your baby right right i mean there are so many issues with it and society does not make it easy for women uh or parents uh society doesn't make make it a simple thing and it's you know on one hand you should all be breastfeeding on the other hand we're going to shame you for breastfeeding on the one hand you should um never feed them formula on the other hand oops we don't have enough formula so a lot of parents are just feeling really really uh stuck and as one dad said to me this week he said you know parents are too exhausted to speak up and lobby for themselves um but parents also a lot of times need someone to lobby for them and they need a voice. It's just they're already exhausted and having uh, a lot of other issues right within their own walls. So it's it's a tough time. So what do you want to see happen? Like, how, how do we fix this? How do we get past this? I know I know they're going to manufacture more, you know, formula. That's great. But, like, what's the long-term right. fix here? And, and how do we support uh, women in, in all ways? <laughs> well, I think it would take a major societal change. I think we need to accept that women are going to feed their babies or parents are going to feed their babies how they need to feed them in the ways they want. So we have to be more accepting for one thing. The next thing is with the formula, I think a lot of people are now realizing there are just, um, I think, four major companies providing formula in this country. And I think there are going to be a lot of people looking at that um, and why that is so few that have so much. So uh, I think that that might be something a lot of people are looking into is spreading out the amount of uh, companies that can manufacture formula safely. Mm. Well, Amy Joyce, thank you so much for joining us talking about this. It's so important. And uh, thank you for keeping everybody so informed. Thank you. Thanks for doing it. Absolutely. Coming up, here's why the internet is irritated with Cara Delevingne. But are they right? Whose side are you on? We'll discuss in what's popping. The Morning Channel Q. 
All right, it's time for another round of what's popping, but let's let's switch it up a bit, Michaela, because yeah, baby. you've got something really cool going on tomorrow night at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Mm, thanks, so. You're performing music from your upcoming album, Vivian, alongside Taylor Dane. Vivian uh, is going to be uh, the third in that trio. It's you, Taylor, and Vivian. Vivian. You're basically like Destiny's Child. And then also, <gasps> if you want to round it all out and like make another girl group, maybe Spice Girls or something, we've got Rosemary Galore and Friends. Yes, honey, Performing yes. drag numbers. And we've been giving out our phone number this morning uh, so one lucky listener can win tickets and we might actually have somebody calling in. I believe we do call her. You're on the line. Hello, this is uh, Channel Q, The Morning Beat. Uh, who am I talking to? Hey, this is Steve Oppenheimer. Steve hey, Steve Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Are you on Selling Sunset? I think that's the Oppenheim group, Michaela. Okay. I'm on what? There's a show called Selling Sunset. She's obsessed with it. Uh, there's a realtor there called the Oppenheim Group. You know so... exactly what I'm talking about, Steve. <laughs> that's why you're laughing like that. Oh, I'm my not... God. That's, that's daddy. <laughs> yeah, you so, are daddy. Steve, where are you, call- where are you calling from, Steve? <laughs> I'm Palm Springs. Palm Springs. We love it. Thank you so much for listening, for calling in. Uh, are you trying to win tickets by chance to go see Taylor Dane and Michaela Gordon perform tomorrow night at the Morongo? I love Taylor Dane. Oh, well, Taylor Dane. There's another person attached to that name, Steve Oppenheimer, name, not to be confused with Selling Sunset's yes. Oppenheim Group. So you better answer it correctly. And, and her name is Rosemary Galore. She's going to be performing as well. She's fantastic. Rosemary. Rosemary Galore. <laughs> Steve, if you don't say my name, I'm not going to say that you're the winner. And that's that. Her name's Michaela I, Gordon. I love you, Rosemary Galore, wherever you are. <laughs> How am I getting trolled on my own morning show? This is the best response. Steve, you won tickets to see me live in concert. Woo-hoo, you get to go. <laughs> Uh, we're super excited for you. Thank you for listening to Channel Q on uh, 103.1 FM in Palm Springs. We're obviously having a great time. I Steve. love Channel Q. Oh, thank love you Channel so, Q. so much Thanks, for supporting Steve. us. Uh, and have so much fun at the Morongo with Michaela Gordon, Taylor Dane, Rosemary Galore, and friends. You've got two tickets coming your way. Stay on the line. Our producer, Vanessa, will get all of your information right now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve Oppenheimer. <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the show, a little doggy uh, became an iconic meme uh, for being anti-gay, for being the most homophobic dog in the world. Uh, she became sort of an icon of the conservative movement. Yes. But turns out this little doggy, her name is Whitney Chuston, by the way, uh, her daddy's are queer. Hey! And she's just... None of that over here. The gayest, most loving little dog in the world. <laughs> uh, she's been going viral for a while. Her story's wild. It keeps growing and growing and growing. And her daddies, Logan and Ben, are actually going to join us here on The Morning I've Beat. never been happier. Listen, because when Michaela and I ask for something, our producer Vanessa delivers. And we randomly said yesterday, and we had this conversation, we talked about this story, and we said, I, we want to talk to the dads. Wouldn't you know, we come into work the next day and Vanessa reached out, found them, and booked them. So they're calling in to the morning beat, the fathers of Whitney Houston. Can't wait. This is, this is what's going on this hour here on the show. I can't wait, wait. But what an iconic name, Whitney Houston. I can't even go into a story seriously because it's such a great name. It literally reminds me of when... I know what you're going to say. You know exactly what I'm going to say. I, like, what was it, two years ago? I go, oh my God, you guys. Ruth... 
Beta Ginsburg died. Oh, not what I thought you were going to say. And everyone was like, what? Are you kidding? Everyone was so upset with me in the room, and I was upset. And she was still alive at the time. And she was still alive at the time. And I said, Ruth Beta Ginsburg is dead. And they said, Michaela, stop saying that. And I go, they go, is she, she died now? And I go, yeah, Lisa, just text me. My fish is dead. It's a beta fish that I named Ruth mm-hmm. Beta Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. And I terrified I the so nation mad. because of the death of my fish. But how good and was just, that name? And just weeks later, she actually, she did, actually die. did die. So I blame Michaela still to this I still day. Trouble. So you're the reason that women have lost their reproductive rights, apparently. According it was to Ruth Beta Ginsburg's fault, Court. not mine. I thought you were going to tell the story of Whitney Houston that I've told you before. We were talking to my fiance's mother one time. Uh, first lady of her church, Miss Sharon, and uh, she said, "What a waste." And oh we said, God, "Whitney Houston." Yes. She goes, "What, what a, a waste. waste." I said, "Dear Miss Sharon, she lived quite a life and accomplished more than most of us would ever in a million lifetimes. Uh, however, she's very upset that she died the way she died." So, yes. Uh, that's our Whitney Houston story. Whitney Houston. Not to be confused with Whitney Houston, who's. <laughs> whose daddies will be joining us here in just a little bit. God, I hope they're not listening right now. They're like, nope, don't call in. These two are hacks. A mess. Oh, it's time for news on the beat. What do you got? All right, babe. Well, yesterday, President Joe Biden issued a statement for the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. The president specifically told the community that my administration sees you and that they stand with you. We join with Americans across the country to reaffirm our commitment to the ongoing work of upholding human dignity for all people and advancing equality globally, the statement reads. And make no mistake, hateful legislative attacks against members of our own LGBTQIA plus community cannot be tolerated in America or anywhere else. They spur discrimination and can stoke violence, and they are rooted in the same ignorance and intolerance that we see around the world. Hate is hate, and all of us have a responsibility to speak out against hate wherever we find it. That part. All right, another news, a Republican U.S. Senator got booed at a graduation ceremony when she decided to use her speech to attack transgender people. Take a listen to the clip. Even fundamental scientific truths, such as the existence of two sexes, male and female, are subject to challenge these days. You know, I... I, And I challenge those of you... I'm not making a comment on the fact that there are people who transition yeah, you between are. sexes. That's exactly yeah, what you're doing. that's why she's getting booed. I'm not she should. A comment on those who transition. Yeah. Come on, lady. Knock it off, lady. Do better. Knock it off, lady. I don't have patience for ignorance. I just don't. Uh, mm. At all. At all. All right, let's get into a little bit of shweather, shall we? It's going to be a high of 70 in LA, 73 in New York, 70, I'm sorry, 99 in Vegas, a high of 102 in Palm Springs, 88 in Miami, 91 in Atlanta, 102 in Cathedral City, and 96 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day to why am I trying not to laugh right now? I don't know. I, don't know. Why? I felt like you were going to laugh, so I tried not to laugh. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. I'm in a giggly mood. I, I wasn't even looking at you, and I can just feel it. I know. Here's your vibe. We learn wisdom from failure much more than from success. Yeah, we, I feel like we look at failure the wrong way oftentimes, and I'm so guilty of this as well. Whenever you don't get something right the first time, it's just an opportunity to adjust and try again. That's it. It's that simple. Wow. So many of us get lost in it and just it just sit there. And and I do it too. It's it's I don't know why. If everything came easy all the time, like how fun would that be? Yeah. 
Okay, it might be kind of fun sometimes. It would be super yeah, fun. It would be super be fun. It would be super fun. <laughs> All right, coming up, we're having a really great conversation. I, if we didn't talk about it enough, honestly, all I have to say is Whitney Houston, the icon, the angel, will be joining us next. Will she speak in Burke? Will she speak in English? Nobody knows. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, so I'm not jealous at all, uh, but we're talking to the owners of a dog by the name of Whitney Houston, who has 102,000 followers on Instagram. Icon, Michaela, legend, more, extraordinary, more than you and I combined. Um, I know, and, and she sort of bitch. got she sort of got famous um, over a meme that turned into a series of memes that people repurposed, and then sort of got famous for the wrong reasons. She became known as <laughs> the face of homophobia. For dogs around the world, right? So we did some digging, and LGBTQ Nation uh, just did an article that we covered yesterday on the show talking about Whitney Houston, uh, and it turns out that Whitney is actually the daughter uh, of oh. of a gay couple, oh. Logan and Ben. Mm. So what did we say yesterday on the air? We said we want to talk to Logan and Ben immediately. They used to live in my hometown, Columbus, Ohio. I felt like there's got to be a connection there. So we asked our producer, Vanessa, and wouldn't you know it, she was able to reach out to them and get them on the line. Logan and Ben are joining us now from Arizona. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey good morning. Hey. We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Now, I want to say that I once named my beta fish Ruth Beta Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. And when Ruth Beta Ginsburg died, I said on national uh, radio that Ruth Beta Ginsburg died. But everyone thought I was talking about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> and that was quite the show. She was talking about I, her beta fish, and our hearts dropped because Donald President oh. Donald Trump was still our president. Yeah, R.I.P., babe. Um, but Whitney yeah. Houston is iconic. I can't even say it without laughing. So how did you think of this idea to begin with? Well, honestly, we just named her Whitney to start because she's a, she's a white dachshund, and we thought it would be really cool to have a dog with kind of an alliteration-type name. So we're like, well, how about Whitney the white wiener dog? And then when we decided to put her on Instagram, we thought, well, she needs to have, like, a stage name as well. And so we did some digging. <laughs> we saw there was, like, Dolly Potton and uh, Kim Kardashian, and oh. then we came up with Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston's well, best. No, He's also leaving out his obsession with Whitney Houston. <laughs> that's so that's where he got it. <laughs> well, I love that because you guys are pretty young. You were both in your 20s. So I, it, it, I watch reality shows all the time. And I was just watching, what was it, like Bling Empire or something the other day. I watch all these shows. And they made a reference to some artist. That I, and they're like, who is that? And they never heard of them. And it was somebody who was even younger than Whitney Houston would be. Um, so where did the love of Whitney Houston start? Uh, let's go there. Um, honestly, growing up, I just kind of always loved her music. I, I mean, she passed away when I was in college, and mm. I just remember listening to her like growing up as a kid. I remember my grandma loved listening to her, and so really she was the one who kind of turned me on to Whitney. And then like every gay kid needs like an <laughs> icon right, to look up to, and I feel like she just kind of actually was mine. You know, Photos Michaela. On the wall. Oh, yeah. bitch. That's the only <laughs> reason I'm a singer. You know my first favorite song of my life. I've told you this, I think, Michaela. Do you remember? No. I want to dance with somebody. I just gave you the I just gave you the opening. Okay, so obviously we're obsessed with Whitney Houston and we love that she uh, that Whitney Houston has gone viral did you think it was going to be because she was the face of homophobia (laughs) and what is the irony of this whole thing you know what we didn't think this would happen at all like we saw a meme probably a year ago just one off um, you know having like some sort of like reference to the homophobia meme and we're like okay what is this and kind of ignored it for a minute 
and then it started to take off recently and it just really grew into this massive thing that it is today yeah and honestly we're kind of caught in the middle because like our traditional legacy follower base um just like whitney for being whitney there's a lot of like big dachshund fans who follow whitney and now we have like you know all the twitter gays as well who are in love with whitney and it's kind of like this competing force of our legacy followers and our new followers and each want different types of content and whitney's just kind of caught in the middle and um you know still giving her attitude still giving her attitude though yeah (laughs) i just love that you just called them legacy followers that just Sounds so fancy to me. I mean, I'm, uh, that's amazing. Um, I also, I also, what I'm hearing here is that you know, so many of us have been looking for who is that person or what is that the moment that's going to reunite our nation and bring this world together yes. in a place of love and harmony. And it sounds to me like Whitney Houston could be the missing puzzle piece. Like, what are your plans? What are your plans moving forward? Well, honestly, she hasn't announced her candidacy oh. for anything yet, but that doesn't mean she's doing anything out. Could she have a canine to see? Oh, my God. A canine to see? Wow. Uh-huh. She's a dog. Her tonight, so Yeah, her, her, fan. her choose tonight. So that's what we call them. But um, honestly, Wait, no not- fan. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, you guys are icons. Choose tonight and Choose legacy. Tonight's. I love you both so much. Do you guys want to host a morning show <laughs> yeah, Monday through you, Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m.? Do, do you want our jobs every Friday so we can have a long weekend? <laughs> day off. Literally, Whitney Houston deserves her own show. Well, I'm curious though. What do what do your friends and family think? Are you guys like when you guys go to like let, let's play, paint the picture? You guys go to like a local gay bar and do your thing on the weekends or whatever it is that you do. You kiki with your friends. Are you guys known as like? Whitney Houston's parents and nothing else like what how do they react uh, yeah I feel like it's here and there like uh we have like we just went to West Hollywood this weekend and we have a person we met through Whitney and he's oh my gosh you're Whitney Houston or Houston's dad <laughs> give us a big squeeze and it's like everybody is subtly knows, knows about it <laughs> subtly but like we don't really advertise that we're Whitney's dads really on our own social accounts up right. until recently sometimes we'll like reshare things but um, our following on social media is super, super, super small compared to hers. Yeah. yeah, and so like sometimes like we'll throw out there after we meet people that we like are the you know dads of Whitney Houston, and then um, it kind of takes off from there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta ask: Is there any jealousy? Are you a little bit jealous of Whitney Houston? Because to have numbers like that, <laughs> I I, am. I'm jealous of her. I am. I mean, she can handle the pressure. I don't think I could. I don't think I could either. Honestly, she looks like a photo. I don't know. Ben and I are like a little self-conscious sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like let her take the spotlight. Yeah, let her take the spotlight. She's pretty naturally. Honestly, this goes out to all the Chustinets and the legacies. Thank you for making Whitney Chustin <laughs> the woman she deserves and the baddest bitch in town. <laughs> she really is. Thanks, guys. <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, social media. It's a conversation. We we talk about social media a lot on this show. And the word authentic. Yes. Genuine. Yes. uh, Those words have become so common in recent years uh, because that's what social media was supposed to allow us to be, right? And then it became this behemoth, this thing that's bigger than any of us. Uh, So how do you find ways to still be your authentic self on social media? Well, Apparently, the solution could be to create more social media. There's a new app called Be Real uh, that wants you to post your truth. Once a day at a random time, you'll be prompted to, quote, Be Real to capture your unfiltered life synchronously through your phone's selfie and back camera. Uh, Be Real claims, though, that that being distinctly authentic 
uh, behind your social media, smoke and mirrors. They, they, they want you to actually, they want the world to see who you actually really are. And they feel that Instagram, uh, TikTok are not allowing people to do that. Their premise is simple. Every single day, users are randomly prompted to snap a photo within a two-minute time frame um, and then post. And you can add all sorts of things, a caption. Uh, you can use real emojis, which are like personal emojis. I don't understand how this is that different from any social media app. Yeah. I don't get it. Because I feel like it's going to evolve into the same thing that everything is. Because Instagram used to be photos of your cappuccino. Right. And then Snapchat became popular. So Instagram added filters. Then TikTok became popular. So Instagram added reels. And then Facebook started adding reels. Like they, they've all become each other. Right. Yeah. So I don't understand how this is different. How do you, how do you share your authentic self and try to be as real as you can be on social media, Michaela? Um, I try to be my authentic real self as much as I can be, uh, in the space that I feel comfortable with. Um, I think I understand the difference with what Be Real is trying to do. I think with Instagram, you have the option of filters. Instagram now has an expectation that it needs to be, um, the best version of you, or it's used as a business, or you it's can monetize used... it. Yeah, right. And I think that that's once you start using a page as your business, it depends mm-hmm. on what you do for a living. But you're going to, if you're a model, you're going to post different photos than you would just sitting on your couch. Like, yeah. Nobody wants a photo of your clam chowder soup anymore. And the expectations, if you do were to do that, where you'll get zero likes and nobody will look at it. Like you have to be serving on Instagram to get any kind of attention so with Mm. be real if you're being asked to like show a picture of your salad or you laying on the couch with no makeup on no filter people do that on instagram it's just much more it's much harder to get any kind of engagement whereas here on be real they're saying we don't have filters and we have no expectations of you I'm still hung up on the clam chowder because that sounds so good to me. I right know, now. I and, love clam chowder. And after you said that me. word for the next minute, I didn't hear a word. You I know, said. I saw you blank out. I did. It's interesting because here's Be Real, one of their things is like, listen, if you want to get famous, this is not your app. Stay on TikTok. That's what they say. And I'm like, okay, I hear that. But also, apps have to make money. What sells? People having an opportunity and access to something new is what sells, right? So I don't see how it's really all that different. And it feels a little bit judgy to me because social media is what you make of it. Just because the world now posts, you know, all this curated content on social media doesn't mean you have to. If you're happy posting photos of your clam chowder or your cappuccino, that's still okay. And some people still do that. You know, I I think we're in a bubble sometimes because we work in this industry where I go into an audition or a meeting and I'm asked, "What what are your numbers? By everybody. Yeah. If somebody where I come from were asked, what are your numbers? They would be like, what 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 do you mean? mean? My phone number? My address? What are you asking me? Well, I think that I understand your point. I think with Be Real, what they're trying to say is don't come on here. If if you do get famous, great. But like no one's asking for your numbers on Be Real. Mm. If you find popularity on here, which is inevitable because people may really relate to your content, that's one thing. But there's no expectations. And we don't want to be the social media app that is the middleman between you booking a job Mm. between you and somebody Mm. else. 
that part. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it is. It's ridiculous. And on Instagram, there was a moment where I wanted to post something, and it was advice I was given uh, a couple months ago. And they said, well, that doesn't really go with your brand. And I was like, of course it goes with my brand. I'm my brand. I don't, yeah. like, what do you, yeah, if I want to do it, then I'm going to do it. Sure. And they're like, Mom, it just might not make sense because people don't, don't know that. And I was like, what world are you living in where it doesn't make sense? Uh, but I, I listened to it for a moment because I obviously wanted to use that social media as my business, mm. as a singer, as a queer woman, um, as an aunt, to show all of these different sides of me. But even those have to be so curated. So yeah. I like the idea of this. I do. I Listen, another option gives people options, right? Yeah. That's not a bad thing. I don't think it's the worst thing we've ever done. All right. Uh Coming up, Kim Kardashian accused her ex-husband of being gay in a snarky comment about their 72-day marriage. But is that actually a very problematic statement? We'll discuss. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. What do you say we do a little uh, what's popping, Michaela? Well, there's a lot going on. And this is a little bit problematic, but also coming out of the Kardashian camp. Is it really problematic? I say camp with K-A-M-P, out of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Kardashian recently got called out because she said um, in the most recent episode that she loves gay weddings. And she hadn't been to a gay wed- wedding since her second wedding and that was in regards to Chris Humphreys in 2011. Ooh. The two remained married for just 72 days before he filed for an annulment. An unnamed source described as being close to Humphreys said, he does not understand why Kim continues to think he's gay. It's infuriating. Kim needs to move on just like he has. She really should not drag his name through the mud after all of these years. And uh, I, I feel like it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Like, girl, leave him alone. I don't know why she keeps bringing him up. Well, it's interesting that he's the one who filed for an annulment. I think that's interesting as well. And I think that probably stings a little bit all these years later. And I think it's never, ever, ever, ever okay to out somebody like this. If if you have, uh, she's probably making a joke or a comment in jest and it, it is what it is. But also, she's a very powerful woman. Yeah. And her words carry a lot of weight. And I, I wouldn't want my name to be in her mouth like this this over a decade later. I wouldn't either. And he doesn't really have a lot of power over it. He kind of just has to take it. Uh, she, she's got to be more careful with the power that she has. Uh, Leave yeah, that yeah. man alone. I, I, yeah, yeah. She literally is. Her team, I don't think people understand how powerful the Kardashian uh, brand like, is. They're not getting it. They're attorneys, they're publicists. They are a cartel with a K. They really are. I know! They really are a cartel with a K. Like low-key... <laughs> Vanessa, you're laughing. I'm not. I'm not going to make a comment because you're from Colombia. But you were laughing right now. It was funny. Why did that? Why did because that strike I'm you? Because I'm right. Right? She is right. Yeah, dude. They are. Right. Listen, you don't mess with the cartel, honey. They've got all the things to protect them, including money and power. Listen. Tell me the Kardashians don't. Listen, you do not mess with the cartel or the Kardashians. I remember when we were in Puerto Vallarta <laughs> a few years ago. We stayed at this. We got invited to come down there and do this influencer thing with a group of our like eight of our friends. We stayed at this gorgeous villa on the water in uh, Puerto Vallarta. I love PV. I'm obsessed with it. And we're there and we're like, so what's this region like? Like who, like what's, what's the story of the region? They're like, oh, it's all, it's all drug cartel. We're like, wait, what? We're like in the van going to the place. We're like, wait, really? They're like, oh yeah, every, they're in control of this entire region. I was like, huh? You're kidding right now. That's a joke, right? As they're giving us like a, a bottled Corona out of a, of a cooler on our way to our vacation. And they're like, no, they're totally cool. They're, they're fine. I mean, they're not going to mess with you. They don't care about tourists, really. Uh, and they're going to, they're, they're fine. We also have a gated security system. And we're like, 
Huh? So it's very real, yeah. mm-hmm. but I would also I, I would almost be more nervous to cross the Kardashians at this point yeah, than the girl. drug cartel. I mean, and they're fierce, honey. Like they're so much prettier than the cartel. Not, not all of them. Some, some of those wives. Oh, hot, okay, 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 okay. The wives. What was um? We're getting El Chapo's. So. Wait, what was El Chapo's <laughs> wife's name? Fire. Fire. She was so beautiful. I think she's actually is, in prison right now. This is coming. This is coming from iconic. a girl who's Italian. Yeah. Knows, knows Listen, our... if you're on your phone right now, Google El Chapo's wife. You can thank me later, honey. We need to go into hiding right now. Still going to look hot. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Spain is doing really something pretty cool for women, and we're talking about that coming up in just a little bit. But right now, though, it's time to talk about what's going on here in the United States. It's time for News on the Beat. All right, Babel, the U.S. Soccer Federation has agreed to pay players on its men's and women's teams equally. Oh, wow. A historic moment as soccer becomes the first U.S. sport to do so. The policy change comes after U.S. women's national soccer team captain Megan Rapino and 27 of her teammates filed an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission complaint for equal pay in 2016 and then a lawsuit in 2019 accusing the USSF of gender discrimination. I know that's right. I feel a lot of pride for the girls who are going to see this growing up and recognize their value rather than having to fight for it. U.S. forward Margaret Purse said, however, my dad always told me that you don't get rewarded for doing what you're supposed to do and paying men and women equally is what you're supposed to do. Love it. Just a thought here. Yeah, surprise. I, no, I love this. Equal pay is fantastic. Yeah. Two thoughts. One, shouldn't the women make more because they, they do better? Like, yes. why, why Why is the conversation just to get women to men's pay when the men are kind of trash? Yep. The team's not that good. The women win the World Cup and the Olympic gold over and over and over again, and they're just now getting the equal pay. My other thought goes to this, and this is radical, but it is what it is. The women's national team was founded in 1985. I did a little bit of quick research, a little Google, right? So from 1985 until this date, how many years is that? 30 what years? 35 years? 37? Whatever it is. 37 years, let's say. So for 37 years, men have made X amount of dollars more than the women. Mm Mm-hmm. Why not for the next 37 years, the women make more than the men? Yeah, that would like, be wonderful. Like, I know I know that all sounds ridiculous, but that shows how ridiculous this is. Yeah. That we're just now saying they're now going to make as much as the men. Why isn't the conversation ever the men are now going to get equal rights like the women? Why is that never the conversation? You know, I will you know say I mean? this. I, well, I love you, and you're such a, f- a female advocate, and I appreciate that so much. It's just while, absurd to me. While we're talking about this, and while we're talking about women's reproductive systems and, and breast milk formulas, uh, I want to remind you that this comedian made a joke, but it's actually, um, uh, you can Google it, it's totally right. The pain that women experience from their menstrual cramps monthly is the same pain that men experience when they're having a heart attack. Oh, I, I'm a baby. I, I could never. And we as women still have to come to work. Mm-hmm. We have to do all of the things that we're supposed to do. Uh, and we have to then be told what to do with our bodies and not get paid the same either. Yeah. Also, Brittany Griner is still sitting in a Russian prison right now. Yeah. No, it's a different sport, but yes. we're talking women's sports. It, it's just, it feels almost offensive when we're like, well, now we're going to give women what men have always had. Yeah. Like, well, well, thank what, you. What if we want more? Like, yeah. what, what? okay, maybe it's your turn to take less for a yeah. few decades or a couple, few hundred years. Or It's just, it's the same conversation when we talk about queer rights, when we talk about reparations within our, our black community. Like, there's so many different layers that I'm like, 
you think you're doing everybody like this this service. Like you're so altruistic that you're now going to finally let other people have what men have always just had. It's it's just it's it's absurd to me. Here's what I'm hearing. Good for them, yay. But also it's absurd. Here's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you do want to marry me, in fact. It is our wedding. I'm never marrying Did you. Did you hear the way he stuck up for me right now? But I now? will fight for you until the day that Listeners, I die. Huh? I've... He wants me to have more than men. Why not? I don't care. Well, he doesn't care. Well, that, that's not even a conversation. Nobody, like, men aren't even willing to get close to that conversation. There's st- women are still fighting for equal rights. It's insane to me. Stop it! Y'all make up half the world. I love you too. And you birthed every single one of us. What an angel! Like it's just insane to me. Like men will pat themselves on the back, like, "Well, look what we did. We're letting them be equal to us now, <laughs> even though they're twice as good as us." Yeah. Like they win all the championships. The men don't win anything. I just, anyway, I could go on and Amen. on. Amen. <laughs> now I'm really going to sing good at your wedding and I'm really going to push me on the pool. So you're going to sing well at my wedding, not good. Like that's a sound. You can't correct me after you just stood up for me well, for 27 I got, seconds. Me, I need to, I need to mansplain a little, little thing called <laughs> grammar up, to you. Shut so. up. It's going to be 101 in the Quinta, 63 in Cleveland, 60 in Buffalo, 74 in San Francisco, 94 in Houston, 102 in Palm Springs, 74 in LA and 73 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. I'm going to switch up my vibe right now because I'm feeling kind of heated right now for women's rights. Great. I just posted this on my Instagram and and, and somebody by the name of Nina uh, Strohmeinger, got that wrong, uh, posted this and it's going viral right now. Some people say we should leave abortion rights up to the states. I say, why stop there? Why not leave it up to counties, cities, neighborhoods, or, and this would be really fun, individual people whoa imagine that crazy really want to put the rights in the oh yeah i'll stop um i will tell you this though speaking of strong iconic women taylor dane michaela gordon rosemary galore and friends all getting together for a once in a lifetime opportunity a performance like no other tomorrow night at the uh, morongo casino resort and spa just outside of palm springs if you want tickets, we're raising money for the Desert AIDS Project and Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. However, right now, we're giving you an opportunity to win your way in. You're going to win a pair of tickets. If you're caller number five, it's going to be a fun night. Live music is back, baby, and we want you to be there with us. Caller number five, one 877 call q That's one 772 2557 be patient. Our producer, Vanessa, will get to you. She has to put you on hold for just a moment. Trust me, it's worth it. Iconic. Call in caller number five right now. Divas in the Desert, Morongo, tomorrow night. Love to see it. Love to hear it. And I will be seeing you there tomorrow night. Now, coming up, what if you got to have uh, for a 40 work week? I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Spain after the break. Good morning, B. Channel Q. All right, so it's been a very empowering day for females here on the show, uh, and I love that. I was raised by strong women. Uh, my grandmother, my mother, oh, God, I can't believe I said it in that order. If my mom's listening, she's never going to let me live that one down. My mother, my grandmother, my sisters, my aunts, love them all. Michaela's still raising me to this day. Here Our I am, show baby. is better because we have a female producer now. Yes, like, Vanessa's raising us. But... You know, if you live or work with women of a, of, a, of a certain age, that once a month, 
the cycle comes around, and it can be very, very, very difficult. Um, I bring in a heating pad whenever I think about it. Mm-hmm. I remember that Michaela's cycle is coming up. Yes, and it saves my life. Yeah. It literally saves my life. Yours get really, really, your cramps get super They're bad. Awful. Like They're you're on the ground, so bad. fetal position. Well, and I was di- diagnosed uh, just last year with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. And depending on what that is, uh, it's a. It's sort of like endometriosis, and if you're familiar with endometriosis, it's very, very painful. Mm. And unfortunately, we don't live in a society where I can just easily say, hey, I can't come into work. I've got really bad cramps. Well, that brings me to this this conversation right here. Maybe it's time for you to move to Spain, because Spain is set to announce a three-day menstrual leave for women. They're going to be the first European country to offer uh, period leave. Uh, there are some downsides to this this possible this, this possible policy, though. Um, other countries have actually been doing this. Do you know that Japan's been doing this since 1947? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, other nations like Taiwan, uh, China, South Korea, a lot of a lot of Asian countries, Zambia in Africa, they actually mm. do this. But there are a couple of boundaries, right? Uh, in Taiwan, in particular. Uh, only about 14% of women say that they actually feel comfortable taking the time, which is a conversation we have a lot here on our show because I've been here now for about two and a half years and I've I've taken time to go do other gigs. I've taken time off if I've been sick. I was off for two weeks for COVID and Michaela You're kept sick, this. Honey. But you kept this show afloat, right? You happened to get COVID over our Christmas break, which is such a bummer because we already such had the time off. Um, but for you, you've always had difficulty taking a day off here and there. You know? Oh, I hate it. And 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 I've I've always said, even when I started here, you didn't really take vacation time. I'm like, honey, let's take a vacation. Let's go to Mexico. And we did. Yeah. And you're like, I love it. I'm a vacation girl now. Yeah. Because I feel like as women, and you can speak to this, something like this, three day uh, uh, period leave per month, would that be something you'd be open to utilizing or would you be afraid to take the time off? Uh, I'd probably be afraid to take the time off. And why is that? I don't know. I I feel like, particularly in this industry, for me, everyone, it's sort of been drilled in my head, is disposable. Everyone's very easily replaced. Mm. And I think because of that, no matter my work ethic, I have such an intense fear. Uh, I think that growing up super poor and never having any control over my finances or the direction of my life. Yeah. Um, and the ways that I've sort of, because of those beliefs have been shown that that can happen Mm -hmm. because of my own manifestations, it's very difficult for me to, uh, take time off of work and not because of all the times my work ethic, I'm terrified. You're not alone. There is a Barnack. Tavlaris uh, is a firm that did a recent study here in the United States. 42% of participants feel exactly the same way that you do. They feel the same way. And uh, I I used to. I did. And as you know, I wrote my book, Flipping the Script, based partially on the experience I had hosting a national talk show for Fox. And I took one day off the entire time I was there and actually suggested that I uh, be replaced by another uh, more well-known, actually, gay man for a day. I was like, he's going to be great. He'll come sit at Ross Matthews. We all know this. It's all out there. And I said, he'd be great. I went home for a three-day weekend, lost my job because of it, because they saw him in my seat, and they're like, oh, this could be a different opportunity for us. And so for years, I did live in that space. I was, And I also understand that there is some male privilege at play here. I, I acknowledge it. But I lived in that space of being terrified to take any time off. Yeah, of course. Until my 40s. Yeah. I say, now listen, if I'm sick and also the pandemic, I don't want to get other people sick. If I'm sick, I'm staying home. Yeah. And that's that. And our, our, our boss has been so fantastic. 
and I encourage you. I know he's you, really good about I'm that. I'm going to challenge you this year. Okay. Use your vacation time. Well, I am. I'm singing at the wedding. Nope, nope, nope. You have more vacation time than that. You know that. No. You got a couple extra weeks in there, and our boss really? is probably going to hate me for saying that. Yes, look in your account. Oh, well, you got. Well. You probably got some accumulated from other years that you could use. You could probably take a few weeks off and go somewhere, or just sit at home. Gotta go. Hang out with your dogs. Bye. Tell me something good. I'd like to introduce you and take a moment to give a shout out and a happy birthday to Juan Vicente Perez Mora, who is about Whoa. to turn. Whoa! AJ! It wasn't that good, but Vanessa, yes, it Vanessa was. nodded we got a like. Thumbs up from Vanessa. It was, she was like, eh, it was close enough. It was close enough. I think she was into it. Well, I this, got it. This Venezuelan man is about to turn 113 years young. This is wild. He was just certified in Guinness World Records uh, book as being the oldest living living man on the planet. Uh, his daughter, Nelida, I'm going to guess, N-E-L-Y-D-A, Vanessa, Nelida, okay. She says, my dad is in very good health. Uh, he's one of, um, she's one of his 11 children. Uh, this guy literally has 11 children, 40 plus grandchildren, and as happy as can be. 113 years old. Can you even imagine? Well, I can. I would love to be 113. Yeah. I'm doing I would, everything I can just to, you know, get to my wedding. But after that, my next goal is 113. Yeah, great. Get married, then turn 113. Those love are my two it. Life, life goals. Big, big Happy life goals. Happy birthday, birthday boy. All right. Well, moms are saving the day per usual. Women are iconic, and a Utah mom is selling breast milk to help families amid baby formula shortage. Uh, Many parents in the United States are rushing for baby formula, so Alyssa Chitty of Utah has been providing breast milk to thousands of parents who have been struggling to feed their children. She's not, however, alone. Many mothers, including Chitty, are dedicated to this wonderful cause. Chitty has sold 4,000 ounces of her breast milk so far. She has more than three freezers full of breast milk that she hopes to sell to needy families. In an interview with Fox 13, she said, I figure I'm running out of room, so might as well help someone else. I know I have over 3,000 ounces, 3,000 ounces downstairs, and probably almost 1,000 upstairs. I think this is amazing, and I think it's very important. And if you think, like, maybe she should be giving it away for free, like, that's still her body. She's got to feed and nourish herself to well, continue producing consuming. milk. It takes time. Yeah, she's, she's providing it can service. be painful. I don't think anybody's asking for anything for free. No, no, I don't either. Uh, yeah, but at first, no. I was like, well, if it comes, girl, just give it. And then I was like, no, charge, because no, it's, it's not, a lot. Yeah, and also, it's just sad to me that, gosh, tell me something good. Sad ending again, just like yesterday. Who am I? I'm Debbie Downer. It's sad to me, though, that we're at a point in our nation where, like, mothers, parents can't even get formula for their children. And we're at a place now where women who have no autonomy over their bodies are willing to pump and pump and pump and pump and sell breast milk to other women in need. But we won't let women make choices about their own bodies. Yeah. It's just now now this this is commerce selling breast milk that's naturally produced. We're putting women in a position where they have to sell it. For other women to have it. It's just so backwards. Yeah, it's so backwards. Makes me sad, but she's fantastic. And kudos to her and all the women that are doing this this really awesome thing. Absolutely. I love it. Well, what a way to end. Tell me something good. Tomorrow is Thursday. It's not only Therapy Thursdays, but uh, it's thirsty a big Thursday? day. Thirsty oh, no. Thursdays, which you can grab no. drinks if you are thirsty at the event held with Taylor Dane in Palm okay, Springs. Yes, and I'll be singing with her. We'll be talking about it all morning. And then join us for so much fun tomorrow night. 
For now, I'm headed to rehearsal. AJ's going to pick out his cutest outfit so he can stand front row. And we will have three hours of curated music set up just for you today. Stick around for Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.